0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Now the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Hello, and thanks for joining us on this Monday, January 30th, 2023. Seven minutes past the hour. I'm Eric White filling in for Tom. Our producer is Peter Masurlian. Our digital editors, Daisy Thornton and Robert O'Shaughnessy. Coming up this hour of the Federal Drive, what economists are saying about the FTC's new ban on non-compete agreements. Plus, FDA is told to tighten up its procedures for IT procurement. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of the Federal Drive. But first, smaller defense agencies are receiving some much-needed help with the mundane but important part of acquisition, the paperwork. The Defense Contract Management Agency is sending teams of experts to help improve how these agencies meet the requirements. Federal News Network's DOD reporter, Alexandra Lore found out about some of the agencies that did particularly well during these recent procurement management reviews from the program manager for the review, DCMA's Colonel Joseph Davis.
1: These are the... Uh Activities that we reviewed um, during this this year's PMI 20, 2022, and what we did is when we were reviewing them and giving them a- areas of excellence, that's where we give them commendables on their out and the electronic file management system, milestone tracking, it, adaptive databases for dodia and DHA uh, specifically, the. Uh, Use of the SIBER, uh, and for small business, that's just achieving uh, the small business goals and a dedicated small business workforce for DISA. Uh, training, guidance, policy portals, and hubs was and development of mentorship programs. All of these agencies, DITRA, DHRA, DHA, DISA, and DCMA, all have some form of uh, training and policy portals that their contracting workforce is able to use. Dodia and DISA did well at achieving and exceeding competition goals. And um, Dodia and DISA both did well with renewing focus of GPC and strategic sourcing. Dodia specifically did really well since the last time that we reviewed them. They improved a lot. So that was very uh, impressive. And then some unique, commendable items this has been using the uh, other transaction authority, which considered OTAs, which uh, really provides a lot of flexibility in the acquisition of developmental type items and new services and emerging technologies. And their uh, CPARS compliance was, was really good. So that was uh, it's significantly higher than the DOD average. And DHRA, Is done well um, with the acquisition workforce retention incentive plan which has been a a challenge for for the acquisition workforce to retain good qualified people especially in the uh, in the ncr region people tend to job hop a lot and with with um, some good incentive plans they're able to retain some more of their people and don't have the, the churn that some of the other agencies have, so we wanted to highlight that for them. The smaller agencies um, may not have as big a workload, may not have as many contracts, so they might have a little bit more time to to really uh, look at their contracts and make sure they're complete. Smaller agencies are usually the ones that are have the better contract files, even though they may be a little bit behind on the, the automation and stuff. They, they tend to do better, actually. With a lot of these agencies there's there's a kind of a steep learning curve based on what what their mission is and when they have a, a lot of churn in the in the procurement area it kind of kind of makes it difficult for them to be as uh, efficient as they could be.
2: Do you see certain agencies that every time you review them they're always kind of on top of it like that?
1: I don't know if I would call out any agency that's really on top of it like that. I think they all do really well um there's there's some that have challenges and and uh, i'm not going to call out any that that they know who they are but i think that uh, the pmr program has really shown its value in the improvement that we've seen in the quality of the uh in the contracts year after year you know and then when we see we go in and we do a review and then three years later we come back and do another review and you can see the improvement and the, the, uh, that the changes were made on the recommendations and they've made the policy changes or made the personnel changes or made the, even, the, uh, even the structure changes to their contracting or their procurement office. They made uh, structure changes because when we went in, we noticed that the structure um, may have had some conflict of interest in it and say, okay, well, this, you know, you got a conflict of interest, you have, maybe you have your finance people in charge of your contracting people, and, you know, you have, that, that's kind of a conflict, because they're controlling the, the funds, but that's kind of limiting the requirements by controlling the funds, see what I'm saying?
2: That makes sense. So, how many reviews does your team do a year?
1: Well, we do uh, seven reviews a year. There is uh, 21 agencies. That, that we review that, are, that don't have their own internal review process. And we have volunteers from the entire spectrum. Uh, we have had volunteers from both the Army and the Air Force uh, participate. We find it uh, very useful to get these volunteers in and very helpful to get these volunteers in. I think it helps both the PMR team and it helps the agencies and helps DOD as a whole. I think that the, the program is a amazing success and has been uh, a shining star for uh, DPC and the uh, and DCMA as well.
2: Just to back up on that, if agencies have an internal review process,
0: you don't do this.
1: Well, for example, DLA has a internal their own internal review. We do not review DLA so there are there are some that we don't review, but they have their own internal review process. So we we do not review
2: them. And tell me a little bit about your reviewers.
1: Army and Air Force have provided volunteers since since I've been the PM. I haven't had a Marine or a, uh, a Navy person yet be a, a volunteer. It's open to them. It's published, but I was just mentioning that because it was nice when we had you know the Army or a uh, an Air Force volunteer come in, and uh, so that that was nice. But we have uh, volunteers from all the four of the state agencies regularly, and um, you know we do have some repeat volunteers, and we love to have them because their their learning curve is uh, not as fat and not as steep when they uh, when we start off a PMR. You know, if it's your first PMR, it may be a little bit daunting. But if you've done it before, it, it makes it easier for them and easier for the, my permanent team members. They don't have quite as much uh, training to do.
0: That was Colonel Joseph Davis, project manager of PMR, talking to Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr.
2: Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost, uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable, the things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I, uh, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from, from the NFL And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit. You know, they they basically were in direct care, and, and I will say, and on I obviously, will say about my my family, my mother, and my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, b- profound disabilities are are really, um, you know, we we can't do enough to salute them. I, I Tim Triver, my boss the chairman uh says all the time and I couldn't agree with him more uh, we get more than we give uh working with Special Olympics it, you know we and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do but but we're the lucky ones we, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because we I uh, and, and the thing that that uh, Tim triver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that that I mentioned earlier um where people and, and it doesn't have to be uh, it's not just school age it's it's uh, you know we say nine to 99 or uh year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams uh, bowl together golf together play soccer basketball together uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think when you, when you go back to the founding of, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri, Mrs. Shriver was trying to do, uh, was to, to,